Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Reach Life Church in Asheville, North Carolina. Our mission is changing life by making, growing, and unleashing gospel-centered disciples of Jesus. For more information, resources, or to connect with us online, visit www.reachlifechurch.org. Hey, would you stand with me in honor of God's Word? I love saying that, that we get to open up God's Word and we get to honor it. Um, As we stand up, it's just kind of like a symbolic way of saying this is God's Word that we're about to get into. This isn't man's Word. It's God's Word given to man for us to hear and to believe and uh, to obey. So, uh, We're going to be in Romans chapter 13 this morning, verses 1 through 7. And for the past few weeks, we've been in a very uh, kind of a challenging, a a difficult section of Romans where through the Apostle Paul, God has been appealing to his church. He says this, God says, listen, if you really believe the gospel, if you believe what Jesus did for you, how much God loves you, what he went through for you, if you really believe that, then offer yourselves as a living sacrifice and Renew your minds, right? Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And if, if we have ever been called to be living sacrifices and have our minds renewed, it's, it's going to be this morning in today's passage. Because this morning, we're going to be talking about submitting to authority, specifically the government, okay? It's going to be a good one. You might want to go ahead and turn the heat off, Boaz, because it's going to get hot in here. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. This is God's word. Let every person, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Verse 3 says, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also, here's a good one, pay taxes. For the the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, once again, as we have gathered this morning, we have gathered to consider your word with our minds and with our hearts, and we acknowledge that we need you to help us. Uh, we, we need you to help us to understand your word, but we also need you to help us to have eager hearts to obey your word, to apply your word. And so we ask that you would help us 
uh, to be transformed this, this morning by the re- renewing of our minds so that we can be more like Jesus. That is, that we could live more like Jesus. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as we're getting, you may be seated. <laughs> oh, me. Uh, I'm going to start by asking you a question, and the question is this. Have you ever been given a gift that at the time, it did not seem like a gift at the time? As a matter of fact, maybe at the time you actually hated it. Well, that's how I used to view education when when I was growing up. Um, I did not see, when I was a child, I did not see the importance of education. Now, don't get me wrong. When I'm talking about school, I didn't hate everything about school. I loved the, the three Fs. Friends, food, I loved lunch. That was my favorite period. And free time. Free time at recess. Playing Nerf football or playing basketball or lifting weights. I loved the three Fs. But when it came to the three Rs, reading, writing, and arithmetic, um, it seemed more like a curse to me at the time than a gift. That is until I left the care of my parents and had to make a living on my own. And it was then that I was so grateful I saw the gift of education. It was then as a carpenter, as uh, I was trying to square things up, because you should do that as a carpenter, uh, as I was measuring rafter lengths, I was so glad that I remembered that A squared plus B squared equals, okay, it really does, it works, okay? Uh, I was also glad that I had taken typing class, and that was back in the day when you put real paper in it, had the white out stuff, and you and go back, and I was so glad my senior year, I just took it as a, like a, an elective, but I didn't realize I would use it every single day on my laptop. And I was also glad, I was praise God, that I was forced to learn grammar, English, and take public speaking. At the time, I did not like it, but as it is, as you can tell, right now I'm using that skill, whether good or bad, I'm using it, okay? But that's what I'm saying that at the time, education, which was a gift from God, to me did not seem like a gift at the time. Now, let me bring that over into today's sermon this morning because that is a great picture of how many people, myself included, can view God-appointed authorities in our lives. And by that, I mean that just like I didn't see my education as being a gift from God, in the same way, in the exact same way, and this is my big idea for today, God-appointed authorities are a gift from God. Specifically this morning, we're going to be looking at government. And now I know that some of you, as I have just said this, something inside of you recoiled. Uh, You may be cringing inside as you think of this. Uh, It may be because of bad experiences that you've had with someone who has abused their authority. They have abused the the God-given power that they were given over you. Or maybe you're thinking, what if uh, authority, what if government is corrupt? Now, I will say until Jesus comes back, There is corruption in every single institution, isn't there? Including government. Until he comes back, we're going to have that. But what about if authority is corrupt? How is a citizen of heaven, us believers, supposed to relate to crooked human institutions? And the question that that I know is, is often asked is, are we ever allowed to disagree with 
or rebel against authority that God has placed over us, specifically this morning, the government? Uh, Or as Christians, are we supposed to just stand at attention and salute the flag? In other words, are we supposed to give blind submission to authority? And these are some of the questions that I hope to answer this morning as we look into God's word. And if you're taking notes, I've got four gospel truths that I want us to look at. And uh, in order to understand that if we're going to see government as a gift, if we're going to see authority from God as a gift, there's four gospel truths that we've got to see. And the first one is this, that submission to authority is good. Doesn't that feel good just to hear that? Submission to authority is good. Now, let's look at verse 1. It says, let every person, notice it says every, not just some of you, but all of you, be subject to the governing authorities. This is specifically talking about the government over, over nations right now. And that word subject means to submit, to come under the orders or directives of someone. So when you say, when you talk about submission, what it's saying is you're coming under sub the mission of somebody else, submission. And if we're honest, we don't naturally like being told you need to submit, you need to obey. And that's because ever since Adam and Eve sought to be free, independent from God's rule over them, ever since then, our human hearts have been naturally bent towards wanting to be independent from all authority. And we sang about it this morning, didn't we? Prone to wander. We're prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And so we don't like anyone, if we're really honest, we don't like anyone telling us, what to do. But what I want us to see this morning is that under God, submission to authority is a good thing. And you can write this under the the first point is that submission, and that's because submission enables communities to prosper. Submission enables communities to prosper. And whether you realize it or not, you want there to be submission within the community that you live. This morning when you came to church, I don't think any of you walked, but even if you did, you still want people to be under submission because you wanted people that were on the roads to be obeying the traffic laws, right? It only takes one person to say, you know, I'm an American, and since I'm American, I'm free to do what I want to do which that's not what it means to be free. It means to free to serve God, but I'm free to do whatever I want to do. So I'm going to drive the opposite direction on I-40 because I'm going to do me this morning. It only takes one person to say that to bring about destruction and chaos. Submission is a good thing. We we all understand this. Uh, We understand this when it comes to teams winning championships, uh, businesses that prosper, a, a orchestra that is going to sell out night after night understands the importance of being submitted to authority, to a leader. I, re- I remember when I was in middle school, we had a concert at the Thomas Wolfe Auditorium. I was in band, and, and I played the trumpet in middle school band. And uh, for some reason, the drummer decided to literally march to a different beat than what the rest of us were playing that day. We had practiced for hours, you know, during school, and we were showing our parents what we had learned. But this one drummer, I don't know if he couldn't submit or if he wouldn't submit, but he didn't. 
submit, okay? I don't know what his reasons, but I still remember him playing this beat over here that just was totally off, threw all of us off. And I still remember Mr. Caldwell, that was the name of our band director. He was waving uh, that conductor's baton. Like this, he had his back to the, fam- the parents so they couldn't see what his face was, but he was beat red, just going like this, trying to bring that drummer under submission to no avail. And, and it cost all of us made us look a certain way because one person was decided, you know, I don't need, I don't know if he meant to not do that, but he was a good drummer, so I don't know what happened that day. Anyway, the point I want to get here is that submission is a good thing because it enables communities to prosper. Secondly, submission is a good thing because uh, it is a distinguishing mark of believers. We need to understand that. Submission to authority is a mark of believers, uh, disciples of Jesus. And, that, and before you came to Jesus, if you are a true disciple of Jesus, before you came to Jesus, 1 Peter 2.25 says that we were straying like sheep. We were all doing what we wanted to do, doing our own thing, independent, doing what was right in our eyes. But when we returned to Jesus, when we came back to the good shepherd, we submitted ourselves to him. That was part of our salvation when we came to him. And, and we agreed to come under his mission. No longer our mission, no longer our lives, but his mission. And therefore, as we live our lives, it should be displayed in the way that we, we relate to authorities that God has placed over us. Um, we all are under authority. We need to understand that there is nobody on the planet that is not under authority. Um, and it's an authority, God has set up authority in our families. It's set up at work, at school, in the church, and in the government, in our communities. Submission should be a distinguishing mark of believers. Because one reason, as I've already said, God commanded it, right? That, that should be a reason. But it's also because of the example that Jesus gave us in his life. Jesus was a man of Submission. It's, it's important to understand that we are to follow Jesus' his life, right? His lead. He was a man of submission. He modeled how it looks to submit. If, you're, if you'll remember Luke chapter 2, he's 12 years old. His parents lose him. They say, Where, why are you here in the temple? Um, don't you know that we, that we have been looking all over for you? And he said, don't you know that I need to be, be where my father, about my father's business? And then it says that he went back home and submitted himself to his parents. Teenagers, Jesus submitted to his parents, the, one, the very ones that he created. Jesus knew more than his parents, as I thought I did when I was a teenager. I was wrong. But so submission is not based upon whether you're smarter than the person. It's hey, who has God put over you in authority. Learning to submit. So Jesus submitted to his parents. In John 5, 19, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son, speaking of himself, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. He's like, I'm not down here calling, my shot, calling the shots. I'm following my Father's lead. And then um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, we know how... His heart of obedience, of submission was on full display when he he prayed, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus modeled a life of sacrificial obedience and submission 
Why? Because he knew that submission to authority is a good thing. So submission to authority is a good thing. Secondly, we need to see that when it comes to government, government is God's idea. Okay? Government is God's idea. Let's look at Romans uh, chapter uh, verse 1 again. Uh, the second part, it says, For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist, those authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. It's important to understand that government is not man's invention, but rather it has been instituted by God. It is a gift to humanity. And, and Paul is very clear in this passage that the state derives its authority not from man, but from God. And that's why if you disobey the government, uh, actually, if you uh, disobey anyone that God has placed over you, like your parents, uh, your employer, uh, your teachers, your coaches, you're actually disobeying God. Now, I also want to say that those who are in authority, those of us that are in places of leadership and authority, we need to understand, we need to realize that we have been entrusted by God with his authority, by God. And so we're to use it for good. But you can use it for evil, can't you? Pontius Pilate is a perfect example of someone who did this. He didn't realize the source of his authority. And so uh, remember when Jesus was standing before him like a lamb is silent before his shearers? It says he did not open his mouth. And Pontius Pilate, is he knows he's innocent and he's wanting to let him go, but Jesus won't defend himself. And Pontius Pilate just seems to be so uh, frustrated. And he says to Jesus, do you not know? Do you not know that I have the authority to let you go or the authority to crucify you. And what does Jesus say? Not really. Not really. He says, the only reason you have that authority over me is because it has been given to you from above. We need to understand that, that submission is a good thing and that God, that government is God's idea and that authority has been given to government by God to be used for good. Number three, we need to understand that government why it exists, and that is to serve society. Government uh, exists to serve society. That's why God gave us government. Um, it's to serve society. It's to serve the, its citizens. Let's look at verse 3. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. The government has given the, uh, been given the authority to use force if necessary, if someone is, is being disobedient. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Now, government is meant to be a gift to society. It is meant to serve its citizens in at least two ways. Number one, government exists to serve its people by protecting its citizens. The government is here to protect us. That's, that, if, that's what it needs to be doing if it's doing its job. Um, in the U.S., 
I'm going to just read a few areas where I'm aware of that the government is active in, in serving us. Uh, they are there to provide good roads, to regulate car emissions, uh, to make sure that our houses are being well built, that you uh, have insulation in the walls, you're not being sold a, uh, a shoddy product, to make sure that commercial structures are safe. They are supposed to help ensure that restaurants are following sanit sanitary procedures. They are the ones that respond when fire breaks out or we have a collision on the road. They are there to ensure that foods and drugs are safe to consume, uh, and they are there to get the cat out of the tree, even though I don't know if that should happen all the time, right? That was a joke. Okay. Now, before... <laughs> Colton, you laughed. I saw you. All right. Before we go into... Um, you go into how the government has failed in every single area that I just read. I mean, I, I just could, I could just see it. Okay. <laughs> I want to encourage you to take a trip to a third world country. I want you to find the roads, the gas station. Often when I go to Burma, third world country, you know what the gas station is sometimes? It's somebody with like a wine bottle and a rag basically drains, you know, strains the gas into your car, if you can get it into your vehicle. Smell the air there, the emissions. And I'm not going to go into all these. Yeah, our government's broken and, and fails, but compared to what other societies deal with, you, I, I wish that everybody could live in a third world country for one year and then come back to the U.S. We would have a different view of our government. Um, so, Government exists to protect its citizens, and it, it exists to restrain evil. That's the second thing that this passage is teaching us. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Remember last week when we read in chapter 12, do not avenge yourself, let God do that? I think this is part is what he's, in part is what he's talking about. Let the government take care of certain things. You're not allowed to arrest somebody, right? Try them and then put them in your basement and lock them up. And if you do have someone like that, come talk to me. I'll help get you out of this somehow. But we're not allowed to do that, right? We're not allowed to do that. That's the government. Some of y'all are laughing like maybe it's really, you really have that. Okay, anyway. Um. If you think life is bad, and I really want us to really think about this, if you really think that life is bad with our government, I want you to try to imagine life without it, okay? What if you woke up tomorrow morning and you found out that the U.S. government no longer exists? Now, all the other governments in the other nations do, but our country's government ceases to exist. I'm talking about police talking about firefighters, the EMS, talking about our military no longer exists. What would you do? Would you leave your house? Um, what about your money in the bank? Would you get it out? Could you get it out? 
Um, what about your car and your house? You know those documents we signed, you signed on them so that you could, they were, that's your vehicle, no one can just come and take it? What's going to keep somebody stronger than you coming and taking your house or taking your vehicle away from you? Um, well, where would our country be in a week without the government? Think about a month. Would we even exist a year from now if, for some reason, government, our government, was suddenly taken away? And yes, I know I'm not up here arguing that government does not have corruption in it. And I'm not saying that it doesn't have its major issues. But even in its brokenness, God still uses it to keep evil in check. We need to see that. And so for us to grumble against our government, we're grumbling against God. We need to see that. And to try to just uh, simply abolish it is, is just foolishness. That's not what Scripture teaches. So how, how should we relate to our government as dual citizens, citizens here and as citizens of heaven? We need to consider that. Um, and this is number four. And this would be the answer that I would say that Scripture teaches. We need to submit to God and do good. We need to submit to God. And I'm going to go into that. So, but just write that down. Submit to God and do good. So after beginning with uh, submission in verse 1, Paul closes this section with obedience again in verse 5. He says, Therefore, one must be in subjection to the government, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. We'll get into what that means in just a second. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Now, as citizens of a heavenly kingdom, we are called to submit to God by submitting to earthly government. And he gives two reasons why. Number one is uh, so that we, we submit to avoid punishment. That is, that is a motivation that he gives to us to, that you um, will not um, taste of the sword is what, what the scripture says, basically, that you won't be punished by the government. And he's already laid out this uh, argument in the previous verses that we've looked at. And the second reason that we need to look at is because uh, we submit is to honor God, to honor God for the sake of conscience, for the sake of conscience. And because the state has been given to us by God, it's been given to us to promote good, it's been given to us to deter evil, we are called to honor the government by contributing, uh, be contributing citizens. We need to be, we need to contribute and that's by paying taxes, uh, paying uh, so that we can have officials and roads and the, and the things that we enjoy here in, in the nation. Um, we need to show honor and respect to those whom God has appointed to be over us. And I know that um, when it comes to paying taxes, I, I've heard the argument, well, I don't want to give my money to a government that is doing corrupt things, so I'm not going to pay, pay taxes uh, they are, they are doing, you know, and I, I know that our government does things, uh, promotes things, funds things that are, that are evil and against God. Um, 
So I would say to you in this situation, uh, they will be accountable to God for the way that they use what you've been obedient to do, to give. Secondly, though, I, I guarantee you that when Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome, that the Roman government was not Christian, okay? They were just as vile and ungodly and doing things that are against God, and Paul knew that, but, but yet he says to still give to the government. And furthermore, and this is the, if, you, if those points didn't get to you, Okay, if you don't think that those are good points, this last one should. Jesus said, when he was asked about taxes, he said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God. He teaches us to pay, pay your taxes. Now, as we are seeking to honor and obey God, uh, by doing good and by submitting to earthly government. And again, this, this, this doesn't just apply to government. It applies to any authority that God has placed over us. A question that arises is this. Are we ever allowed to disagree with authority that's over us or to disobey it? Again, or do we, are we supposed to just blindly submit to government? And uh, this is a tricky thing. Because it requires true discernment. Um, as I already said earlier, we already have this, this um, bent to resist authority in us. So sometimes we can think we're, follow, we're, we're resisting because we're following God, but really we just want to resist. And also because there are those who have been given authority, who know the scriptures, uh, they know them very well. And anytime those that they are leading or are over, it could be a pastor, it could be a, uh, a husband, it could be a government official. Kings have used this verse to, to justify things. Uh, anytime they're, the person, the groups that they are leading try to disobey or point out uh, areas that they're, they're, they're not leading uh, rightly, uh, they try to convince their subjects that, no, 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 look here, the Bible teaches to obey me to submit to me, uh, and, and that's just not true. I just want to say that that's not a biblical view of Scripture. And what I mean by that is that sometimes we are clearly called to disobey man, and to do otherwise would be to disobey God. There are times that we are called to disobey man and to do otherwise would be to disobey God. Um, I want to give you a phrase that might can help bring a little bit of discernment of how do you know when to do this and when not to. And that is this, submit to authority as unto the Lord. When you submit to the authority, submit as unto the Lord. And what I mean by this is that when authority over you requires you to engage or to refrain from something, an activity, you must ask this question, if I obey man, will I be disobeying God? Will I be disobeying God's moral law specifically? Um, sometimes that one might be a hard one. I want to give an example. Back uh, used to, you could ride in your car without a seatbelt on. Um, I've got video, there's video, uh, not video, film of me as a little baby being taken home in the front seat of my mom's arms uh, with no car seat or anything um, back in the day, right? Y'all remember those days when there was no seatbelts? And then in the 80s, seatbelt laws came out. 
And I remember people going, That's, you're violating my rights. You're, this isn't right. This is wrong. The question you have to ask here in that situation is this. If I wear a seatbelt, am I disobeying God? Is it sinful to wear a seatbelt? Now, I don't want to get into whether or not you should wear seatbelts because there's studies on both sides of that. But in that situation, I would say yes. Or pay the fine when you get pulled over, okay? Those are the two options there. But uh, sometimes, though, uh, if you obey man, you will be disobeying God. And usually when you obey God over man, Here's how you know that, that, you're, that you're obeying God. It means that you, things might get more difficult for you. It's not just to rebel against this, this thing. You risk facing persecution. You risk facing losing something. Uh, for example, the, the Hebrew midwives, remember them? Back in Exodus, they chose to disobey uh, the government, Pharaoh, when he told them to kill uh, innocent Hebrew baby boys. Daniel, when he was told, you cannot pray, what did he do? He went to his room, and he opened the windows, and he prayed three times. But it says he did what he already was doing. Right? He wasn't just rebelling to rebel. Then there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are my two, two of my favorites. Then when they were told, you got to bow down to this idol, to this uh, image here. Nebuchadnezzar said this, and he, Nebuchadnezzar was like, and who's gonna deliver you from my hand? And I love their response. They said, look, we don't need to really respond to you, Nebuchadnezzar, but we're going to. Our God is able to save us, and our God will save us. But even if he doesn't save us, we're not bowing down to that idol. And then there's the seven apostles, the, I'm, I'm sorry, the apostles that rebelled against the Sanhedrin when the Sanhedrin said, stop preaching the gospel. And what did they say? We must obey God rather than man. Now I want to point out here that these men and women did not have a political ax to grind. They were not seeking to overthrow the government, but rather they sought to honor and obey God and the only way they could was by standing up for the lives of others. And they, it doesn't seem like they were primarily, primarily standing up for their own rights as much as they were simply doing what is right before God and being willing to accept the consequences, even if it meant losing their own freedoms and possibly their lives. The point I'm trying to make here is that there is a God-honoring way to oppose authority. And it's not by storming the Capitol. It's not by looting and burning down our cities. It's not by refusing to pay taxes. It's by doing good and obeying God in whatever area he is calling us to obey. And I know this, is, this can be a hard teaching, can't it? Um, and I know there's a lot more that needs to be said, that could be said about this topic. I just don't have the time to go into it this morning. Um, what's the relationship with Christians? Should we be involved in government to try to change policies? And there's different views on how that should go about and how that should be taken. I believe that Scripture has gives us there is freedom, and, and you need to obey your conscience in that. You need to obey where God is leading you in that. Uh, if you'd like to talk more about that after the service, let's talk, because there's a lot to talk about here. But the main thing I want us to get this morning that you would go away with is that government really is, as broken as it is, it is a gift 
from God to promote good and to restrain evil while we are waiting for Christ's kingdom where righteousness, where perfect righteousness will reign, where the perfect king will reign in the perfect kingdom with the perfect government. And we need to remember that earthly government was never meant by God to be the Savior for us to put our faith in. God sent us Jesus to be the Savior. But we need to see that government is a gift. So as I'm closing out here, I want you to ask, I want to ask you to just ask yourself three questions. Have you, knowing that government is a gift, have you ever thanked God for the gift of government? Or are you a fault-finding grumbler? That would rebel if you could. Okay, you answer that one. Number two, are there any authorities in your life? The government? You know, did you know it's tax season? Okay, I just wanted to say that. Are there any authorities in your life, the government or otherwise, that you are refusing to submit to and honor? Is it because they're asking you to disobey God? Or is it because you're disobeying God by not willfully coming under their God-given authority? And the last one, and this is uh, if you are in a position of authority, how are you using that authority? Are you using it to serve those who are, you are called to lead as Jesus used his authority to lead us and to serve us? Or are you using your authority to serve yourself? Three questions just to be asking this morning um, as we're looking at this passage. Um, and, and what I hope that we will see this morning is that, you know, government is really um, a gift from God and that we need to submit willingly and joyfully in the areas that we are able to. Amen? Amen.